Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. As the COVID-19 pandemic drags on, it's impacting our lives in so many different ways. Everything from how we attend church and how we evangelize. Well, recently a study was conducted by Barna Group on behalf of Alpha, and it revealed some surprising insights about the COVID-19 pandemic's impact on evangelization as a result of churches going virtual and how the church should respond in a more hybrid model going forward. Today, we're joined by Shayla Visser. She is the National Director at Alpha Canada, as well as the Senior Vice President for Alpha International. She'll share with us the results of that study and how we as Christians can grow moving forward. How has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted evangelization? Well, a study was recently conducted by Barna Group on behalf of Alpha, and it revealed some surprising insights. Today, we're joined by Shayla Visser. She is the National Director at Alpha Canada, as well as the Senior Vice President for Alpha International. Now, we're going to get around to that study coming up in a little bit. But first of all, Shayla, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Alpha. Well, I got involved in Alpha, gosh, I think in 1999 when I was wondering how I could reach business colleagues downtown Vancouver with the gospel and previous evangelistic strategies that had been used were no longer effective. And I was wondering, God, what can we do differently? And so I started using Alpha and it was hugely effective. So I ran Alpha in businesses, and then I ended up running Alpha in the workplace globally, and then I became the national director for Alpha Canada in 2010. So I have seen it to be very effective for me personally with friends and family, but also I've seen it to be hugely impactful around the world. Now, a lot of people, they probably heard of Alpha. They know it sounds familiar at least, but for those that uh, don't know a lot about it. Tell us a little bit about what makes Alpha unique and how it works at reaching people with the gospel. Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I would say that Alpha is unique because we have had this opportunity to provide a safe place for people to have conversations about faith and life and Jesus for over 25 years. And it has gone so well. It People take a course. It's over 11 weeks if you are an adult, 10 weeks if you're a teenager. And during those weeks, they get a chance to uh, usually have a meal in person if you are in person or if it's on Zoom online, perhaps have a snack together or a cup of coffee together and a dessert and then listen to a talk and then have an open discussion where everybody's viewpoint is welcome. And we find that people just have this tremendous experience and particularly over the last, I guess, year and a half online has proven to be hugely, hugely successful for alpha around the world. Tell us a little bit about how it's been successful. Well, we never had anything called alpha online pre-pandemic. In fact, we thought in-person was the most important. And then what happened was we all had to pivot and move everything digitally. And immediately we saw fruitfulness. We immediately saw that God is not limited by Zoom or by Microsoft Teams, but he can use it. And we have seen Alpha just take off thousands. Over 2,000 Alphas last year were run online. I personally ran ran one this winter and saw people I've known for years and years come to faith in Christ. I invited all sorts of different people on it. And it's just been remarkable. So uh, like, well, I was going to say evangelism is changing. Everything's changing the last year and a little bit because of uh, the pandemic and what we've faced. 
were you surprised what you've seen so far in the last year or so and and the success that alpha is still finding at reaching people despite moving online yeah, Mike, I really am shocked. I mean, we all were. Nikki Gumbel, the pioneer behind Alpha, says he couldn't have been more wrong previous to the pandemic, that evangelism was possible online, that people could come to faith, be filled with the spirit, and uh, just kind of take off in their faith. But we've seen it time and time again. And over a year and a half, as I said, thousands of alphas have taken place. And you know, even just inviting my own friends from across the country could have never happened if there wasn't this digital online opportunity for sharing one's faith previous, you know, if you were running alpha, or even if you're just thinking about your local church expression and how I can invite a friend to come to alpha or come to church or a Christmas service, you're limited by a geography. And what this pandemic has taught us is that most people have relationships that are both local and national and sometimes global. So person like me. I grew up in one town in southwestern Ontario. I moved to the big city of Toronto. Um, I went to university in London, Ontario at Western, and then I moved out to BC. So I've had four different locations where I've built relationships, had friends, and those friends have moved to different parts of the country and in some cases, different parts of the world. And yet we've all stayed relationally um, connected, but I've never been able to invite them to something locally. And all of a sudden the pandemic hits and there's opportunity after opportunity to connect online with people that we have loved one another for many years. So I found invitations suddenly took on a whole new, um, 10, uh, a whole new, I'd say, uh, opportunity in my mind that I could invite my friends that I've known forever and had relational equity with them and they with me, that this was a possible online alpha opportunity. And many of them said yes. And as I said, a few of them came to faith in Christ. It's been remarkable, but it's global and it's local. It's online and it can be in person. I think it's just expanded the possibilities. How do we get used to this and and change that mindset to, to know that we can um, not only evangelize in person, but evangelize in this digital world? Well, you know, interestingly enough, we just did uh, some research with Barna called Five Changing Contexts for Digital Evangelism. And we learned in this research that 14% of non-Christians were open to a faith conversation and to participating in something Christian to learn more about it. And although 14% may seem low, as we know in our country, that's actually quite good. There is an amazing opportunity for us to reach out and uh, impact people through a digital conversation, not just posting on social media and thinking that's evangelism, but actually having a two-way conversation with people we know on social media. Do you miss being able to sit down and have an actual meal before the sessions begin. Do you, are you, do you find it's a little bit different in not a great way still, or is it able to still work out pretty well for connecting with people and stuff? Cause I think that was one of the parts of alpha that was so great is everybody shares a meal beforehand and kind of the walls fall down over that shared meal. Right. There's different advantages and disadvantages to digital 
alpha, like alpha online. I would say a disadvantage is just that, Mike. We don't have a meal together. And that is such a great place where you really get to know people. We get to offer hospitality when people come into a church or a business and or a home and do alpha together. But I will say online, what we noticed is that people are much more um, able to let down their guard. And we found right across the world when people came on alpha, instead of waiting till like week five or week seven, or even after the alpha weekend, when people really open up, we found it was happening like week two, people were just suddenly willing to let their guard down and be very vulnerable sometimes because they didn't know the people on the zoom call, but other times just because they were in their own house, perhaps in their living room or in their kitchen at the table, having a conversation. And they're like, well, I'm, I have nothing to lose. I'm on zoom. You could just press leave and you're gone. (laughs) Uh, Showing up in person and having a meal is much more difficult in terms of, you know, how do I awkwardly get out of this? Where when you're on a zoom call, you know, you just press leave, you're done. And you're gone. And so I think the vulnerability happened much earlier. And even on my alpha that I just finished, you know, week one, people were crying. I was like, what happened here? But it was because, you know, COVID has been so difficult, but also one of them said, after hearing about Jesus and is there more to life than this said, I've never heard anything so beautiful Hmm. and was in tears. So it's, it's a huge moment for us as the church in the world. I guess with online though, too, you kind of mentioned it when you just said there's, you know, the vulnerability you can leave. It's less intimidating. You're not surrounded by people and it gives you that chance to take it in and to really decide whether or not it's, it's meant for you. Yeah. And depending on whether you're coming into a larger alpha online or a smaller one, you know, with mine, it was very relationally connected. And so everybody turned their video on. But sometimes when you're in a larger group, people wait one or two weeks. They can be even more anonymous when they're just a name on a screen versus their actual image, you know, video. And so some people work up the courage to even turn themselves um, on. But once they do, man, the connection, we're just blown away. We have seen so many people come to faith. And then, you know, on our alpha weekend, which is now sort of an extended Zoom meeting over maybe a couple of days, we, that's when we typically pray. We invite people to consider coming to a faith in Christ, what that would mean to commit your life to following Jesus. And then we pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's a very simple prayer. We just pray, come Holy Spirit. And on Zoom, none of us believed it would happen. We watched as people were touched by God. And we heard one man, young man in his 20s who took Alpha, he said, I knew it had to be God in my living room with me because it was my living room. There was no way I wasn't at a church. You weren't like sort of whipping Hmm. up something. I just knew this is my own living room and God's here with me and I know it. And so we've just seen so many people come to faith in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we think it's the greatest opportunity of our lifetime. And we just want to take advantage of it. I know it, it's been really tough for people and restrictions and not being able to gather in churches on Sundays and worship together for a lot of the last year. But there's something really special about how, like we're seeing it play out now, God can take and redeem any situation if we let him and participate in that work with him. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you that from my perspective, that there is so much opportunity that we perhaps were missing and the pandemic has shaken us to the core. I mean, I can't wait to be back in church with, 
mm-hmm. you know, people. I, I just cannot wait to do that. But I also don't want us to miss the digital opportunity before us, that there is a moment in history now that we get to re-envision how we as the church do ministry, both in person and online, but how we reach people and do evangelism online. Over the past year and a half, what would you say has been the most memorable moment for you in all of this? That is such a good question, Colleen. The most memorable moment, I think, was actually when one of my alpha guests called me in between sessions and just said, can you explain Jesus to me? And we had a two-hour conversation over the phone. And towards the end, I realized that she's right tracking with everything I'm saying about Jesus. And I said to her, do you want to put your faith and hope in Jesus? Like, would you like to say a prayer? And I gave her a little prayer of salvation. And she said, yeah, I really would. Why wouldn't I want this? And it just reminded me that in the midst of such hard, dark days, we've all suffered. We've some more than others. We have seen such grief. We've been so frustrated with lockdowns and openings But in the midst of this, God is still on his throne. He's doing great work in our world. He wants people to come to know him. The Holy Spirit is moving. I mean, all these things that we've always kind of believed, but in the midst of a crisis, we actually get to touch and see and feel that Jesus is at work in us and in people we love. And so I think that moment is indelibly marked in my brain as just a signal of hope that the Holy Spirit's at work in the midst of this pandemic. Now, there's probably a lot of us listening. We want to share our faith with people. We want to invite them to church, uh, whether online or in person. We want to invite them to something like Alpha, whether online or in person. But we're scared to, right? I don't want to turn my friends away and scare them away if I start talking about Jesus inviting them. What do we need to know about inviting people to something like this? And, and how can we take that scary first step in doing it? Well, maybe, Mike, I'll say something that I have talked about a lot over the last couple of years is we have to actually start with redefining evangelism. And we have to define it this way. And I steal this from my good friend, Daryl Johnson, theologian and pastor. It's evangelism is joining a conversation. The Holy Spirit is already having with people. And so Mike, if you think about who you're wondering, like, God, could I ever invite them to church? I'm afraid. Believe me, I feel that as well. I felt that before I invited my university friends to try Alpha this season. Um, But if you really believe what John 15, 16, 17 talks about, particularly that the evangelism that is done by the Holy Spirit is the first into the conversation and he's the initiator. You no longer feel like if you botch it, that they won't come to faith. You can also believe that the Holy Spirit is always evangelizing your friends and family. It is always true that the Holy Spirit lives to glorify Jesus, wants people to know him. And so before you even invite the Holy Spirit's at work, But I would also say to people like me and you who are thinking, oh, my word, what will my friends think of me? I mean, I went through that this this, uh, February when I was inviting my university friends to come on Alpha. I just prayed and I said to the Lord, you are better than my fear. Um, My friends are worth more than my fear. And what if this is the hope for them? 
that they need in this moment. And my fear prevented them from knowing it. And you know what? I would have. Had I decided not to do this, I would have prevented some of my friends from coming to a faith in Christ. And I just can't believe that my fear could have done that. The second thing I want to say is that if you've got relational equity with people, an invitation, whether done perfectly or slightly botched, can be very hope um, giving to someone. Even if they say no, you are extending an olive branch of love and affection and saying, come see where I found life. I had the thrill of inviting my long-term friend and she and I were just chatting last night. She is Jewish. She is um, a feminist. She's a lawyer. She's one of the smartest, most capable women you'll ever meet. And I was terrified to invite her to Alpha. (laughs) And in fact, I had my um, home group at church praying that I'd be bold. And I was really fearful. I was like, oh my word, we've never talked about Jesus. We've never talked about what I believe about him. And we've been friends for over 20 years. And I was so um, prompted by God to invite her. And it was the Monday. Alpha started on the Tuesday. Monday morning, still hadn't invited her. She texted me and uh, about something, but it, it was an open door for me to invite her. And I had the worst text invitation you could ever believe. Like, I know you're Jewish. I know you're not into this. I know we really don't talk <laughs> about this. I'm really embarrassed to do this. And I just don't want to answer no for you. And I've done that for years. You know, that's sort of very bad invitation, but it's no problem that you're going to say no. I just didn't want you to feel that I wasn't inviting you. Every bit of bad invitation happened in that text. And you know what? She, she texted back and said, after all these years, I can't believe you're scared to invite me. Of course, <laughs> of course, I'd love to come check it out. That's so and cool. she did. So I, I do think that even me, who runs Alpha Canada and has been involved in Alpha, loves evangelism, loves joining the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in people's lives. I get fearful. I get worried. I feel insecure. This is normal. We just have to get over it and trust God. And now what about an opportunity despite this isolation? It's also an great opportunity, like you said, to evangelize. Also an opportunity to get more intimate with God than you've ever been before, because it's just you and him, really. Even when you are evangelizing in a group or together with a group, it's you and him. And it's a great opportunity to, to start and to get people involved. And don't you think, Colleen, that that's where God wants us to get to more dependent? Yes. That he wants us to need him, that he wants us to realize that we actually needed him more than we ever believed. But somehow in our culture, particularly here in Canada, as Christians, we can live these quite self-dependent lives. And COVID has really reminded us, you need God. You need to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. Our, Our primary prayer should be, come Holy Spirit, give me everything I need today to live for you to be able to flourish, to help my neighbors, to be healthy enough to give back to my family. And so my prayer most days is I start the day is come Holy Spirit, give me everything I need for today. Now back up just a little bit when it comes to the study, what was the biggest key takeaway that you all found out from this study? I think um, in this five changing context for digital evangelism and the Barna research is available if anyone wants to get it from Barna. Uh, But I think what we found is that millennials and Gen Z, which are typically known as the nuns and duns, they're leaving the church in droves. They actually said in this research, 60% of millennials and 67% of Gen Z said they want to be equipped 
meaning coached or given tools to share their faith. And I think, oh my goodness, we are talking about a generation of young people leaving the church, but there's a whole host of them that actually want to be equipped in how to do this. And so I just want to encourage people, if you're, if you're starting to lose hope with the next generation, I see so much hope, but we need to come alongside of them. They want people that are older, like me in my 40s and others who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s to come alongside of them, love them, model for them, share with them how to live a lifestyle of evangelism and how to coach them to actually, whether it's run off online or do something. I think that was really interesting in this research because there's such a negative view of millennials and Gen Z and evangelism. And I was just like, no, this is hope. Let's get in the business of training and equipping them to get involved in evangelism. And then I think 14% of non-Christian surveyed said they had a high openness to a digital evangelism, to, you know, someone sharing their faith with them digitally. And it does mean two way. It doesn't mean just post something, post scripture on your, you know, Facebook or Instagram and hope that's evangelism. Uh, no, it, what it means is it's, it's engagement, right? But 14%, my American friends who, who recently interviewed me were like, well, it's only 14%. I'm like, if you're in Canada, 14% is like the biggest fishing hole. I was and like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Every church leader I know in Canada would be like 14%. That's amazing. Where is that fishing hole? And it's online, it's digital. And it, it just requires us to engage with people, to start a two-way conversation with people online versus just one way where we're shouting or feeling like a Bible verse online works. No, we're talking about creating um, a listening-centered, process-oriented, relational evangelism opportunity in a digital space. Okay, you've got us interested. We want to learn more. We want to become equipped. We want to reach people. Uh, how can we get involved with Alpha? Maybe bring it to our churches and, and start doing this. Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested in running Alpha, whether it's in person or online, alphacanada.org. And don't wait. Like, honestly, don't wait. I decided to start my Alpha two weeks later. With some uh, help from my church, I started my Alpha and invited a bunch of friends because of these lockdowns that are happening um, that we can't prepare for. People are at home and they're asking really big questions. So go for it, alphacanada.org. You can find out everything you need. All our resources are for free. If you're wondering how to create in your church a culture of invitation, we've created a series called Life Shared that's also available on our website. But if you want to get the research on five changing contexts for digital evangelism, go to Barna and uh, they, you can order it both digitally or a hard copy of it and uh, take a look at that research. It's fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Colleen and Mike. Great to be with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.